This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, here we go in uh, three, two. One. Welcome to the Mets Spring Training Broadcast, a recap of what's been going on in Port St. Lucie today. We'll hear from not one but two Davises. Chili is on the menu and back with the Mets as well. And also J.D., who never went away but almost did this offseason. And we'll also talk to Dylan Batances, who says he wants to win the Mets fan base over like he did the Yankees fan base during his years in the Bronx. Mets hitting coach Chili Davis worked remotely from his home in Arizona during the 2020 season. He was a high-risk individual, and he was unsure of how the protocols were going to work out last year. So all the Mets players were ecstatic to see him back, but Chili said he missed them as much as they missed him. Being around him as much as they missed being around me, because the conversations are important, you know, and, and especially when you're in the heat of a game, you know, sometimes... One or two words based on what you're seeing or just listening to them. They'll come in and they'll say things to me that makes me think if they're on the same page, if they're saying what I'm seeing or I'm seeing what they're saying, you know, then it makes sense. But if it doesn't, you know, we usually start the day off with a a Zoom, not a Zoom meeting, but a a players meeting. And the guys are allowed to give kind of voice their game plan that they're going into the game with how they're going to approach certain pitchers. And a lot of times it's just reminding them of their game plan. You know, this is what you told me you were going to do, Petey. Or this is what you're going to do, you know, uh, 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 JD. And I, you're not doing it. You know, you're, you're doing something else. I don't know what, why you changed, but you need to stick with that game plan because when you stated that game plan to me, I thought it was a very good game plan. So let's get back to the game plan. Of all the players that missed having Chili's in-person advice last year, perhaps Pete Alonso missed him the most. But Chili said, hey, don't worry about the polar bear. Yeah, you know, the, the kid just wants to do well. He just wants to do well. And he's that kind of kid that he cares so much, you know, that and with the short and compressed season, like I said, it just made everything rushed for him. Like, you have to do it now. You have to do it now. I think you'll see a different Petey Alonso this year. You know, he understands what went on. And, and, you know, last year, in a way, it it was a sophomore year, which was that year that a lot of uh, good players struggle in. And, you know, they usually bounce back the next year, the the good players, which I think Petey's a damn good player. You know, and, and fortunately for him, it was 60 games and not 162 games. So... I think you'll see a, the PD bounce back. You know, I'm not going to place any any goals, numbers on him. I just want him to be a good hitter like I know he can be. And if he's a good hitter day in and day out, all the numbers will show up. His numbers will be what they're supposed to be. 
Adding Francisco Lindor and James McCann to an offense that was pretty potent last year should obviously help, but Chile said it goes well beyond that. Yeah, you know, we have uh, we picked up those two guys, and they're going to make a huge difference to this ball club. Um, I think uh, Frankie Lindor just being himself and, and McCann being himself. But we've also picked up some, some other players that I think are quality players. That's going to help us a lot as well. You know, you look at guys like VR and uh, Jose Martinez um, uh, and, and other guys. I can't think of all the guys, but we picked up some quality, quality players. And not only offensively, but I think we've uh, added uh, some quality pitchers to our pitching staff. So that's going to help us a lot this year. What really doomed the Mets last year was poor situational hitting. They left a small army of runners on the base pass throughout the season. Chile has plans to address that shortcoming, though. He has some extra time available on his hands in spring training, and he plans to use it. In 2019, uh, once the game started, for some of the guys that aren't playing in the games, we would take them over to field two, which is artificial turf field, and we would go through every day situational here. And that little hour you get between BP and the game, we would take them over and four or five, six players and go through situational hittings, different situations, but not just actively trying to, uh, to, to work on it, but we would discuss it. You know, we would talk about situations. I want to hear what the players thought in those situations. And then I would tell them what my thinking is. You know, take, for instance, you know, that second and third no-out situation or a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter. You know, are we trying to hit a sack fly here and get one run? Or are we trying to move both runners, you know? So to, to, to try to create the right mindset in them, we, we, we have those drills, we go through it, and we go through it pretty much every day because what we're trying to do is create a habit to where the thinking is done on deck and by the time you walk up to the plate, you have a plan on how you're going to approach that at bat. So, you know, I think practicing something uh, makes you better at it, you know. But sometimes instead of just saying this is what you do, you talk about the options and why those options are there and what you don't want to do and what you do want to do. You know, what's going to get you the most out of that situation and where you're going to fail trying to do something you shouldn't do in that situation. So... I think that this year we have the opportunity to do that because we have the longer spring training. We'll be here for a while, and we have field two available. So we're going to continue that as well. As I said, the Met offense was potent last year, but you could almost see Chile drooling as he went on about the depth of the Mets lineup and the team as well as compared to last year. We're a pretty well-rounded lineup um, from top to bottom. You know, um, with either Lindor or McNeil leading off, the other guy hitting second. We got Alonzo that can hit third, Conforto, McMahon, um, you know, uh, J.D. Davis, Nimmo, uh, uh, you know, Dom Smith. I mean, everyone we have here uh, are are very good players. I can't compare them to any other team because they're just different individuals, you know, but I can't say that I think we have what we have here is the makings of a really good ball club. And not only because of the offense, but 
like I said earlier, I think that our pitching staff has gotten better with Trevor May and, you know, with uh, uh, Carrasco and Tarpley and all the guys that we've added, you know, um, these guys are have the potential to be really good pitchers and, and, and they can help us. And plus, you know, we've, we've got Familia and we've got uh, Diaz and a lot of quality guys back and some young guys that were hurt in uh, Drew Smith that are they're all feeling better now, you know. I'm expecting Thor to come back at some point. So I think we have a, a, a very deep pitching staff and, and, and we have the potential to have a very deep offense as well. Chile got his first COVID shot. He'll get his second next month and said he would have been uncomfortable if he hadn't gotten vaccinated ahead of time. It makes things more normal and it also helps his body fight off the virus. So we wish Chile a lot of luck and uh, it's really good to see him in Metcamp. Now, on to the other Davis, J.D., whose name came up frequently, it seemed, in trade talks during the offseason, but it didn't seem to bother J.D. at all. I've been in trade talks since, I don't know, 2015, 2016. So the trade talks with me, it's it's a business. I know in the long run, you know, really nothing I can do about it. Um, I think we had the same exact question after the 2019 season during the Thurman Munson Award. Uh, I was in trade talks then, and people or reporters asked me about uh, my worry about trade talks, and I'm not. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think it's actually pretty cool to be in a package deal with Nolan Arenado and uh, Matt Chapman and Chris Bryant. I think that's actually pretty cool. Um, it says a lot where I've come from and come from as a player. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, I have full confidence in my capability. Um, I'm a major leaguer. I'm a big leaguer, and I know that. And I'm going to stand behind that. And so, um, and I love these guys. I love this organization. I love being around these guys. Um, I connect with these guys. So am I happy to be a Met coming in here? Absolutely. It's hard not to hear the accolades being thrown the Mets' way this spring. So how does one avoid the hype, J.D.? Just stay focused. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think leaning on to those, leaning on those guys, Conforto, Lindor, um, they've set the tone from from day one of uh, just getting better, um, of not settling for average. Um, and I think that kind of helps us as a young core group of guys um, to – continue to develop, to not be comfortable, um, to always gain knowledge or to get better every single day. And I think if we do that and we focus that and that's a sole purpose as a group, um, then you know what? I don't think we're going to have the same, you know, finish as we did last year. JD is much more comfortable in his own skin these days as he's got more playing time, be it in left field or at third base. If he fails, he learns. And now he knows that he'll have another chance tomorrow. Uh, I think just the comfort of failing. Um, I know that's such a weird thing, but when you are got 50 reps out in left field one day and then 50 reps out at third, and then you may make an error there or you may misplay a ball somewhere and then you got to wait two days to get reps at that position at practice. It's, it's different. Um, and it can be, you know, frustrating at times, but being able to stick with one position or what, whatever, and having that comfort of failing, you're able to grow. Um, and you see all these young players come in and being able to, have the starting role and to see them make failures, strike out, you know, errors or whatnot, make, you know, baseball IQ mishaps or whatever it is. Um, and they're able to grow from it. Um, and you, the perfect example is, you know, Tatis. I mean, look at the man. I mean, he, I mean, he's failed a couple times, but 
he being able to lean on that comfort of failure and not being able, you know, I was in a tough situation. I was on the, with the Astros where, you know, Bregman at the time, MVP caliber player, and it was hard to crack that lineup. So obviously you had to try to play perfect as a young player growing up. But when you're able to have that comfort for failure, you're able to grow and be okay with failing and actually be okay yeah, moving on or turning the page to quicker to succeed. J.D. is pretty straight up, so he was asked to give an honest appraisal of his offensive ups and downs during 2020. I started off pretty good the first couple of weeks, and then I kind of tapered off. Um, and it was just more of a, of a mechanical issue. I think Chile kind of touched base with it about meeting my hands. I was being rotational. I was trying to relax up there and try to, you know, slow the, slow the ball down. And in, in case I was being too late, uh, my hands were getting outside of my body, and so I was being rotational. Um, and going off that, I think going into this offseason, I had a good idea about that. And, you know, having a conversation with Chile, um, with some of those guys in the in the clubhouse, you know, I had a goal going into this offseason of what I needed to work on. And I think, you know, I think that's huge for any player. And that's what I really worked on is trying to go back to that 2019 uh, season, um, being mechanical with my back hip. Uh, I think there's a lot of ground balls onto the left side of the infield, which, again, that was had to do with being more late rotational and not using my legs in my swing. And I think there was a simple problem and, uh, the only way to fix a problem is to identify it and then you start having solutions and you start working on that and that's pretty much what I worked on all off season. All right, before we move on, let's hear how the other Davis, Chili, feels about that breakdown of J D after working with J D in Arizona during the off season. Well, you know, I, I, last year, I think throughout the year, and he agrees with me that a lot of times he was just late. He was late, and because he was late, he became very rotational at the plate. And so the hands weren't involved in his swing. His body was doing a lot of the swing. And, and so we worked on that this offseason, and a lot of drills, uh, did a lot of stuff. And watching him work right now, everything is freer. He's back to that, that JD that I remember in 2019. You know, sometimes you get in a rut, especially in a 60-game season you don't have enough time to work out of something, you know? And I think the season was so short for him. He kind of got into a rut and was trying to work his way out of it. But, you know, everything was so compressed for him last year. I think he's got time now. He's got a lengthy spring training and he's got 162 ball games to, uh, to deal with the ups and downs. All right, Dylan Batances. He had a rough go of it last year. He's been working more on his mechanics and arm angle to offset the recent dip in velocity in his fastball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that was one of the biggest key for me was just, you know, working on my mechanics, making sure that the ball is uh, doing what I want it to do and, 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 you know, getting that carry, you know, that kind of rise to the fastball with, you know, a, a lot of times, like I said last year, uh, you know, obviously my velo was, wasn't there, but, you know, everything was cutting. Man. My breaking balls weren't as effective and my fastball wasn't as effective. So trying to get to that point, um, you know, I feel good right now at this stage. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to take that into to live BP this, this week 
and kind of build off that in his spring training and take it into the season. 2020 was particularly frustrating for him. He always had a live fastball, and with his velo down, he tried to compensate, and all it did was end up in frustration. For me, I, I, I pitch I pitch with, you know, my velo's always kind of been up. You know, I've been that power guy, and so that's, that's what I pitch with. And then last year, obviously throughout the season, I was a lot lower than what I'm used to. And like I said, my pitch was doing something that I wasn't accustomed to and I couldn't command it. So I lack command. I lack strikeouts. So, you know, for me, I'm a strikeout guy. And, and then that's something that I lacked last year. So I put a lot of effort into this offseason to making sure that I can get some of that carried back and, you know, uh, it just, it just kind of helps with the pitches I throw. And, you know, I put a lot of focus in that to this offseason, working on my mechanics and making sure that, you know, I have a good spring training and, you know, you know, at least a great season. Batances, of course, was on some loaded Yankee teams. So he got really excited during the offseason as the offseason went along and the new players kept piling up for the Mets. Definitely a lot of excitement. Obviously, uh, you know, They've done a tremendous job, you know, new ownership, bringing in a lot of great minds and putting them together and, you know, bringing a lot of great players, uh, players that I've enjoyed competing against. And, you know, now I'm happy to be a part of them. Obviously, Lindor, you know, we've had it, uh, McCann behind the plate, somebody that I'm excited to throw to, you know, uh, I think a lot of the pitchers are excited to throw to him. I've heard a lot of great things about him. You know, a lot of uh, versatile players, a lot of guys that can, play multiple positions and do a lot of great things. I think they did a tremendous job, obviously helped the rotation out, you know, uh, makes the bullpen stronger. Uh, you know, I think we're heading in the right right direction. Here's an analytical term for you, induced vertical break, IVB. It has to do with the ride and the carry that you have on your pitches. And it was something that Batances paid a lot of attention to this offseason. I think when... Uh, we were making that transition with the Yankees where they started using a lot of the rap soda and a lot of the data. I got hurt. So I was in, I wasn't able to use that stuff. So, you know, this off season, I, every bullpen I threw, I used that, uh, the rap soda to kind of help, help me make a, an adjustment on the pitch to pitch, uh, which is pretty cool. Something, you know, you can do, uh, before you just kind of threw a bullpen and see how you felt. Now, like now you have all this data that you can look at and, you know, maybe you make some adjustments how you hold the ball or, you know, just try to, you know, just use your wrist, manipulate your wrist in a certain way, stay behind the ball more, and you can see the data right away. So, you know, it's something that I enjoy this offseason music. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Also today, Noah Syndergaard expected back in June or July from Tommy John surgery through a bullpen. So, manager Luis Rojas, how did Thor look? He um, looked really good. I mean, he looks he looks really good. I mean, Noah's a monster. Uh, almost almost a year. We're a month off from from um, from being a year, right, uh, or something like that. Since he had the surgery, um, we knew that Noah's going to go about it the best way you can go about it, watch rehabbing and and all those. So he's. He's worked his tail off, and uh, he's in a good place right now. We're still we're still targeting for the targeting him for the date that we or the date range that we talked about. Um, he looked really good today. 
I mean, fastball and changeup, um, throwing some sinkers there, you know, not in, not in the full tilt that we've seen him in the past, but just in a, in a field mode, working his mechanics and the grips and the, the, the release points. Um, it looked really good, you know, for the stage that, that he's at. As far as like facing batters, I don't know if, if we're there yet. Um, if if we will at some point, we'll let you guys know. But um, just controlling his intensity right now on sides is kind of like what we're uh, doing, you know, his, in his rehab at the moment. Also, the Mets lost outfielder Guillermo Heredia to the Braves off a waiver claim. And it probably will be a bullpen game on Monday when the Mets have their exhibition opener against the Marlins. That'll be a seven-inning affair, by the way. That's it for today. Come on back tomorrow for another rundown of the Mets in Port St. Lucie. I'm Ed Coleman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.